0: You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. Learn how the power of the Holy Spirit leads us to praise God in this message by Pastor Jonathan Ramirez. We have a new series entitled Behind the, behind the Scene," And this is a series about the Holy Spirit. For four weeks, we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And the, the title is quite unique, Behind the Scene." We know that the Spirit cannot really be seen, but He is always behind every great work, especially those things which Christ accomplished on the cross of Calvary. In all of our lives, regardless of our problems, regardless of what we are going through, I believe that the Holy Spirit is behind the solutions to all of this. Amen? Praise God. So today, we are going to talk about the first week is The Healer. You You have seen a while ago in the video the title of The Four Weeks. And today, we are going to talk about the healer we know that the holy spirit is in our midst today amen and we always believe that he has been there since the beginning of time since the eternal beginning together with the father and together with the son actually in genesis chapter 1 just to give you a little verse in genesis chapter 1 beginning verse 1 up to 2 in the beginning say in the beginning okay god created the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, say, Spirit of God, yeah. was hovering over the face of the waters. The name of God in Hebrew word is actually Elohim at this point. Sometimes it is being it is being translated as El, or, uh, but this time it's Elohim. It's plural in form. While we believe that there is only one God, we also believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we also believe that all of us were created in the image and likeness of God. Do you agree? Not on the image of monkeys, but on the image of God. And it says here, and God said, Let us, say us, let us make man in our image, in our, after our likeness. So God was not actually talking about the angels. He was not talking with angels. Look at the person beside you. Do they look like angels? Pretending. The one in heaven or the one who fell (laughs) here on earth? Okay? Let us make man in our image after our likeness. We know that God exists In three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And even in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit has already been there. In David's prayer in Psalm 51, verse 11, and this was his prayer after he committed a sin against God, he said, Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. So the Holy Spirit has already been there, even in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, there is the validation of the Holy Trinity. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, meaning immersing them, baptizo in Greek word, baptizing them, or immersing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And this talks about immersion of a relationship, being immersed in a relationship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, And behold, I am with you always. You see, Christ said this to the the early disciples, I am with you always. Christ may not be here literally, or Christ may not be here in human form, but certainly by the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ is here. So that's the reason why he said, I am with you always to the end of the age, because of the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, in John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, Christ said this, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper. Say helper. Could you imagine how humble the Holy Spirit is? He allowed Himself to be a helper of all of us, especially the believers, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him. You see, the Bible is using the word Him to refer to the Holy Spirit, not the word It. Because the Holy Spirit is a real person. He is God and He is not a thing. Okay, He is being referred to as Him. If neither sees Him nor knows Him, you know Him. For He dwells with you and will be in you. And the realization of that, and when Christ gave again in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, another promise that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Okay? And you will experience the power of God. Another in John 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. What is now the role of the Holy Spirit? The role of the Holy Spirit, especially through the lives of God's people, is to bear witness about Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit knows everything that took place in the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus from beginning to the end, even from the very creation up to the eternal end of this world. Okay, Up to the eternal end of time. Now, the Holy Spirit is the perfect witness. Now, we are being called as witnesses of Jesus. Are you believers of the Lord? Therefore, we are supposed to be witnesses. And our witnesses is by virtue of the Holy Spirit being a witness for Christ. And because the Holy Spirit is in us, that would make us to be an effective witness of the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth that is not just with us, but that's in us. And the Holy Spirit will bear witness... About Jesus. That is why in 1 Corinthians 12 3, therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is a curse. So, meaning if you have the Spirit of God, you won't say that. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. I cannot go to the full details about who the Holy Spirit is. You read your entire Bible and you see there the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, that is just my intro. This is our objective for the entire four series. Okay, At the end of the series, our people will learn to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit as they proclaim the gospel. Now let us answer this question. What happens when there is no power? For example, electric power. There's no electric power. What will happen? There is, there is darkness. Are you afraid of the dark? There is certainly darkness. What else? Especially among Victory Alabangers, uh, we love aircon. Mainit, right? It's it's not comfortable, and especially today, yeah. Uh, even if it is not summer already, it's rainy season. But I'm <laughs> okay? So you, there's no electric fan, there's no electric stove, and most especially, you won't be able to watch your favorite, okay? You won't be able to watch that. No electric power, okay? In especially in our generation today, okay, with modern technologies, some of you would probably find yourself miserable without opening your laptop or your cell phone and make a like, like, like. Okay, to some that's already a need. Okay, so how can you charge your cell phones now? If we are to bring that scenario in our present time, in our generation today, people's lives would be miserable without electricity. Do you agree? Yes, it's, it's really miserable when the Holy Spirit is not with us. The Holy Spirit is the one that sustains everything in this world. If there is what you call common grace, that means it is not only us, us believers who are beneficiaries of the power of the Holy Spirit, the mere fact that God sustains everything under His hands, even the unbelievers experience the common grace of God. And that's possible because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, our lives would be miserable. Amen. That is why this is really worth studying and this is really worth taking. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, actually the book of Acts started without the active participation of the holy spirit in the lives of the believers but when christ promised but you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses say witnesses in jerusalem in all judea in samaria and to the ends of the earth christ fulfilled this in acts chapter 2 verse 4 that he poured out remember that christ is the baptizer of the holy spirit christ poured out his holy spirit among his people, and they experienced such tremendous power that made them effective witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we are about to study that indeed the Holy Spirit was just somehow behind the scene, okay? And we are going to talk about Acts chapter three on how they experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, especially in the life of a man born. Lame. Let's all rise up. Acts chapter 3, beginning verse 1 up to 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let us all pray. Lord Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in our midst. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to just manifest yourselves in the lives of your people. Give us divine illumination of God's word. Give us divine understanding and speak into our hearts, Lord God. And we just allow you with absolute liberty to move in the lives in a specific situation of your people today. We want to honor and lift up the name of Jesus and help us to do so. In Jesus' name, this we pray. We are going to flow into this discussion. We are going to talk about the Holy Spirit gives us the power to be a witness. The Holy Spirit has given us the power to preach in the name of Jesus, to preach The gospel, the death and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit has given us the power to minister healing to those who are in need. God has given us the power to lead people to become followers of Jesus Christ as well. Now, in this passage, in Acts chapter 3, you will notice that Peter and John was actually walking in about to go to the temple. The temple was one of the most significant places. The fact is, if you are to look at the history that is the most important place for them because that's the place of worship many people would just go there sick people problematic people all kinds of people who would like to have the power in the presence of god unfortunately during that time the temple no longer has the glory of god that's why people would just go inside and they would leave that place unhealed unforgiven and unchanged That's why there were so many sick people around. And it so happened that Peter and John were passing by and were about to go to the temple. Suddenly, there was this man, 40 years of being lame. He was also 40 years old because he was born lame, could not walk. And he was there begging. And as, as he used to do, he would always be there and asking people for money. And so, it happened that Peter and John were there. And they saw this man. This man was actually looking into them, unto them and was asking for alms, limos. Then in verse 4, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. Can you say with me, look at us. What's the goal of Peter why he asked this man to look at him or to look at them? It's another way of saying, look at us, we have something for you. We have a good news for you. We're about to introduce something or someone to you that would change the entire course of your destiny. Look at us. Look at Jesus that's in us. Don't look at your situation. Don't look at them on the impossibility of your situation. Don't look on your sickness. Don't look at your financial difficulty. Don't look at your problem, don't look at your misery, don't look at your hopelessness. Look unto us, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Peter and John took the attention of this man, and this man gave, his, gave them his attention. The Bible says he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. You know what? You may be here in this place. You may not be lame. Probably some of you are in the state of hopelessness just like this man. Maybe some of you are in the state of desperation. This man was desperate. If you don't have money, you won't go there on the street and beg unless you are truly desperate. Just for survival purposes, probably you would do that. So many people, they have money, they have resources, but there's something in their lives that makes them desperate. Many lives today are experiencing almost the same thing as that man had actually experienced. But Peter said, look at us. The man was actually expecting to get something from them. What do you think is that something? Silver and gold. Why? Because that's already the routine of his life, that every day he would be there to the place where he would think that's the most strategic place for him because people on that place would just go in and out and he would be there strategically prepared to receive silver in gold there are so many people they think they are in a very strategic place of their lives because of the convenience and comfort that they are experiencing but let me tell you if jesus christ is not with them they lost everything you may be the richest man in the world but if you don't have jesus it's in vain What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and suffer the loss of his own soul to hell? This man was expecting to get silver and gold. And Peter indirectly was actually saying, when he said, I have no silver and gold, it means it's not silver and gold that we are to give you. Don't allow your life to be governed by silver and gold. Oh, don't ever, ever try to think that your number one need is silver and gold? Because on the first place, we don't have silver and gold. But what we do have, we give unto you. And it mentioned the name of Jesus. And he said, And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. From the very beginning, when Peter was saying to him, Look at us. Don't look at the misery of your life. You still have hope. Don't look at the impossibility of your situation. Look at us. Look at Jesus in us. We have no silver in gold. That's not what you need. Because there are so many people in their mind, they they are thinking that money is the only thing that they need. Especially if they don't have a job, if they are indebted with somebody. Silver in gold is not our number one need. But when Peter said, In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. He just boldly mentioned the name that could change the destiny of any person. The name that is above every name, that name is the very ID that we need to enter heaven because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Him. There is no other name given under heaven by which man can be saved except the name of Jesus is the only mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. He is the author of life. Peter was actually saying to this man, what would you like, silver and gold or Jesus Christ? You may have silver and gold, but if you don't have Jesus Christ, eventually silver and gold would be gone. But if you have Jesus Christ, He is the source. He is the provider. He is the giver. And Christ can give you far more than what you can think and imagine it's because of the holy spirit that moves in the lives of people in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk peter was actually referring directly and literally to the sickness of this man because man this man was born blind for 40 years could you imagine that no opportunities for job and no way of surviving except for just asking alms from people so this man was really so desperate was so hopeless And the root problem is his sickness. And Peter was saying, rise up and walk. He was directly and literally referring to the sickness of this man that at that particular moment, God would like to heal him. But at the same time, while that is so literal, that is also symbolical. Because this man, as I said a while ago, was desperate. You may not be physically lame, but so many people could not rise up anymore. Broken marriages, and you're down. You're down and out, and you're tired. You Probably you're tired of your marriage. Probably you're tired of running your own business, but it's not getting well. Probably you are tired of your own sickness, that no matter how many medicine you take, you're still sick probably you're already tired of living your routine life because every day you already know what to expect. There's nothing new. But let me tell you this, the Holy Spirit is dynamic. He's not static. And because the Holy Spirit is dynamic, He would like something new in your life every day. Christ came to give life and have it more abundantly. And the Holy Spirit would execute that truth if you will exercise your faith. Amen. Amen. There's newness and freshness in the Holy Spirit. And God would like you to enjoy things, the things that you see as old. God would like you to see that as new. It doesn't have to change the situation. Sometimes it doesn't have to change, but your perspective must change. And it's only the Holy Spirit who could do such things. thing. When you look at your husband, it's the same husband that you would be able to see the following day. Right? Is that a good news for you or a bad news? You take your pick. Okay. If you are not happy with your marriage, probably you will wake up in the morning hearing the same voice as you hear every morning, the voice of your wife. Probably it won't change until Christ comes back again. <laughs> but you can change your perspective. And the only thing that can change that perspective is the Holy Spirit that's working in you. That you would sit in a brand new way. Wow, well, praise God, here's my wife for 20 years and I still love her. She is God's gift to me. By faith. <laughs> you're changing your perspective. And vice versa. <laughs> okay? You're many probably many of you you're living a, a dry life. As if there's nothing fresh, there's nothing new. That's That would become our perspective if you don't really have the Holy Spirit in you. It's the Holy Spirit that gives freshness for everything, even our perspective in life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. If you are down today, discouraged, you are brokenhearted, probably you heard the most painful words that woman would say to a man, let's just be friends. That's really fake. That's that's really so hurting, right? You may be down, but it's God's will for you to rise up and walk. Look again. There are so many women. Don't lose hope. I'm not saying that to the married couple. Only to the single. Okay? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You may feel so down today, hopeless, desperate. God is telling you, rise up and walk. There are so many reasons for you to continue moving in this life. Life is good if we look at it in Christ's perspective. He came to give life and have it more abundantly. You may be experiencing the enemy like a thief in your life. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. Maybe he's destroying your life today, but don't focus on him. Focus on Jesus. Look at me, Jesus Christ said. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, Peter was really so bold in declaring in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Probably, if I was into that situation, probably I would tap Peter at the back and say, Peter, he was born lame. Do you understand what that means? It's already impossible for that person get healed but peter was so bold why because of the faith that's in his heart the same boldness that he has when he was confronted by the religious leaders in acts chapter 4 verse 13 they allowed him to explain what happened he was actually being persecuted and being questioned then he answered boldly and at the same time you can read in acts chapter 4 verse 13 says Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, say uneducated, no master's degree, no college diploma, common man, ordinary, just like you and me, they were astonished. So what's astonishing about them being ordinary and uneducated? They were astonished about the words they heard from him. And the only reason that they could probably think Is this, and they recognized them that they had been with Jesus. You know what, church? If you have a genuine encounter with Christ, no one has ever encountered Christ and remained the same. People would wonder. People would be amazed. The only thing that they knew, I know that person, that person is a born-again Christian now. What a change. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The oldest gone, behold, the new has come. As far as Peter was concerned, he had a lot of ad- adventurous movement with Christ Jesus, but it's all palpak. Palpak si Pedro eh. But after the Holy Spirit was poured out on him, divine boldness came into his life, and he had this faith that could move mountain in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk! Rise up and walk! The man truly experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. In First Corinthians chapter 2, the same boldness was actually experienced by Paul because of the power of the Holy Spirit. At this moment, Paul was just baptized by the Holy Spirit through Ananias. And he says in 1 Corinthians 2.3, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Have you experienced to, to just share the gospel to a friend? Let me see your hands. Have you experienced that? No. You may probably think you're the one who should convict them. That's not our role. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Our role is to preach boldly the gospel of Christ, to believe that what we are going to say would penetrate into his heart and it's the Holy Spirit who would truly convict them and speak to them. That we cannot do because we don't know people's heart, only God knows. But our willingness must be involved. We must be willing to share the gospel. And even, okay, when you are even in a situation that a person did not really receive Christ. But at least you have shared the Word of God and He has something to think about after you leave. Why? Because the Holy Spirit would still be there even if you are no longer beside your friend. The Holy Spirit would still be there. Amen? And it's the Holy Spirit that convicts people. That is the power of the Holy Spirit as we proclaim, as we preach boldly the Gospel of Christ. God has already g- has also given us the power to minister. In Acts chapter 3, verse 7 to 8, And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. I would like to believe that the one healed was not just the feet and the ankles, but probably even the aunties. Corny ko joke Okay, let, let us continue. And he took him by the right hand, okay? Peter took him by the right hand, and raised him up. Let me see your hands. Raise your hands. Come on, raise your hands. Do you believe that those hands are extension of God's hand to reach out for people so we can bring them closer to God? We must be willing to allow God to use our words, our mouth, but we must also be willing to use our hands as an extension of God's hand to reach out for people. God would like to use all of our hands to reach out for people. And that's exactly what Peter and John did. We are all ambassadors of our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning we are representative of the Lord. It doesn't matter whether you look like an ambassador or not, but we have that spiritual position in Christ that we are ambassador of Christ. And therefore, we are His representative to reach out for people and bring that person closer to God. And you see, the power to minister was given to Peter. There was so much love in the heart of Peter that he would like to reach out this man. It doesn't matter whether this man is contagious or not, although it was not, the man was not really contagious. And the Bible says, again, here, the mention of the Spirit of God was not mentioned, but we believe the power of the Holy Spirit was actually present. His feet and ankles were made strong. Strength comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk. This man experienced the healing touch of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you experienced to pray for somebody who is sick? How you experience it? Raise your hand. Did they survive? Oh, very good, very good. <laughs> I myself, I had this experience of praying for somebody. Then that person died. Who among you would like to pray to be prayed over by me? (laughs) Let me tell you this. Don't put the burden on your shoulder of healing people. It's not us who heal people. It is the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you pray for people, it is our obligation to pray. It's our obligation to put our faith on the healing power of God. But don't ever try to think that it is your obligation to heal because that's the Holy Spirit's role. Amen. So don't be afraid if you are going to pray for somebody. Some of you may probably pray for somebody who has a headache. In Jesus' name, receive your healing. Then you'll give paracetamol. Take this. (laughs) But if it is cancer, I'll call my pastor. (laughs) Don't be afraid. The same Holy Spirit that's with us and in us is also with you and in you. Amen. We are just the same before the sight of God. What really matters is the faith that you have. Don't put the entire burden on your shoulder that you'll be the one to heal the person. Especially if the person is already dying. Don't be afraid to pray for him. He's dying. Uh, I don't think so. Even if the person is dying, you'll not be the one to make him live. It's still Christ. Because he is the author of life. Amen. Just pray. Just the same god has given us the divine ability to heal people that's one of the signs of those who believe mark sixteen seventeen, and these signs will accompany those who believe who are believers of god raise your hands yeah are you sure yeah so meaning one of the signs of those we believe is that you will lay your hands on the sick and the sick shall recover the problem is you don't want to try lay your hands on the sick and the sick shall recover but as i said Again, don't put the burden on your shoulder that you'll be the one to heal that person. It is on God's divine prerogative. As you exercise your faith, as you exercise your laying on of hands, it is God's prerogative whether that person would be healed or not. God may not reveal the purpose sometimes why He would not heal that person. Let's allow that in the mind of God. That is His prerogative. God is sovereign. Amen? But as far as we are concerned as believers of the Lord, we have the power to minister. Let us use it. Let us maximize it. Amen. However, in the Bible, there's what you call also gifts of healing. There are really people who are gifted in healing as the Lord apportions it. Again, it's God's divine prerogative. But all of us are called to minister healing to people because that's one of the signs of those who believe. But at the same time, God has a provision in 1 Corinthians 12, 9. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing. Say gifts of healing. By the one Spirit. And these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Who apportions? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the the one responsible in determining who will receive the gift of healing. That's why they are pastors. There are some ministers who are more anointed when they pray for sick people because that's their gift. But it doesn't mean that you are not gifted. You won't ask God for healing for somebody. Divine healing is also for those who are believers of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. So it's a gift. Now, the third one is the power to lead. In Acts chapter 3, verse 8 to 9, and leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them. It is so predictable, that because that person experienced the healing touch of God, common sense dictates that that person would not would not go back to the same place where he was found by Peter and John. Agree? If you are in the life of these men, after receiving healing, would you still go back to that corner and ask again for money? No more. That's why these man entered the temple with them. Because primarily, the reason why Peter and John would go to the temple is they are going to proclaim and preach the gospel there by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is now an opportunity for this man. His heart was open already for the gospel of Christ. Peter and John did their job. And God gave Peter and John the power to lead this person into the presence of God. Into hearing God's word. Into an opportunity to hear more about God. They led this person... Into to having an opportunity to be discipled. To hear more about this name that made him healed. Would you not be interested if you are in, in the shoes of this man? Would you not be interested on the name mentioned by Peter that made you well? Certainly, all of us would be so interested. Amen. This man did not go back to the place where he was found. Church, don't go back to your old ways of life. Now that you know Jesus, don't go back to begging. Don't go back to self-pity. Don't go back to misery. Don't go back to hopelessness because Christ is a living God and He is alive and He is going to work in your life. Amen. <laughs> in verse 10, recognize Him, referring to the crowd, recognize Him as the man who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So people were so surprised. We knew this man. He was just a beggar. He was born lame. But how come he's now standing, he's now walking and doing what an ordinary person would always do? They were so amazed with what they saw. Look at the progression of this man. He just first initially stood up. Then he started walking. And then, what happened next? He jumped. Jumping, leaping, and then, what's next? Praising God. How do you think this man would praise God? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you think that's the, that's the posture? For 40 years, he was lame. And now, given the opportunity, he got healed. He received his healing. He received the change of his situation. I believe, in my heart, this man was even dancing. Probably, Ray can demonstrate to us how this man really danced in the presence of the Lord. Okay? This man was really jumping look at the progression he was just stood up and then he started walking then jumping and then praising god amen would you do the same thing if you are in the shoes of this man of course all kinds of dance probably he was liberated he was freed the chains were broken and he was freed he was restored now church whatever situation you're in right now you may be an impossible situation just like this man but nothing is impossible with God. Yeah. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Sometimes we would like change and we know we want change, but we don't know how and we don't know when to start, what to do. The Bible says in John chapter 16, verse 13 to 14, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. Say guide. guide. You want directions in life? He will guide you. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. Say, glorify me. For He will take what is mine and declare it to you. The role of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to glorify Jesus. So when there's something new in your life and you have a new testimony to say, learn how to say it because you will glorify God. If there is a change in your life, you used to be drunkard you used to be an adulterer but when god has changed you you have a new testimony and therefore you glorify god you glorify your father in heaven and people would see the light that's in your life amen this is exactly what i mean the holy spirit is in the business of changing people's lives the holy spirit is in the business of refreshing people the holy spirit is in the business of transforming us into a new creation in the image and in the likeness of God. Today, church, people are desperate, but we have on our hands the greatest message. In our testimony, our boldness, our power to preach, our power to minister, our power to lead could be a platform for us to preach Jesus Christ, just like what happened to Peter. He was investigated, and he took it as an opportunity to talk about the author of life, And you kill the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name by faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man his perfect health in the presence of you all. At the end of the day, everything is about the author of life, Jesus Christ. Do you have your problem in life? Go to its author and you'll experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us always recognize the Holy Spirit in our everyday life, in our work, in our businesses, in all of our endeavors. The Holy Spirit is available and ready to make you experience what Christ has won on the cross of Calvary. That's His role. And He's willing to move in your life. But you know what? The starting point would still be coming to the author of life, Jesus is the author of life. And he's willing to be with you. He's willing to be in you that you may experience the power of His Holy Spirit. Let's just bow down our head and let us close our eyes. The Holy Spirit empowers us to point people to Christ. Thank you, God, for your goodness that we don't have to live a miserable life, a hopeless life because, Jesus, you are alive and your Holy Spirit is in us. Church, I would like to take this opportunity. I don't know exactly your situation, but let me tell you this, God knows what's happening in your life. God knows what's happening in your business. God knows if you have a broken heart. God knows the kind of sickness that you have. God knows the situation of your marriage, the situation of your relationship with your loved ones. And He cares for you. He even died on the cross and rose again from the dead so He could offer you the best life that you can never find in any material things in this world. And I would like to take this opportunity for you to receive Jesus in your heart. If you are, for the first time, have come into this place, or probably for quite sometimes you are already coming here and you don't have genuine relationship yet in Christ Jesus, you have not yet totally surrendered your life to Jesus, this is the best opportune time to open your heart to Him because He loves you. And if you are that person, I'm willing to pray for you so that you can stand up and move forward in your life. if you are that person, can you just lift up your hands so I can pray for you? Wherever you are seated, don't look around. It's between you and God. This is now your decision. No one can make this decision for you. This is your personal decision. And I would like to see boldness on your part to just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I will open my heart to you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. The Lord can see you. You're making a good decision. Thank you for that hand. The Lord can see you. I would like to see more hands right now. Yes, thank you for those hands. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. Lord Holy Spirit, would you touch these people right now and let their hearts be open and let them allow Jesus Christ to come in. Those who lifted up their hands, can I just all invite you to just stand up with all humility in your heart? Can you just stand up right now? I'll pray for you. Don't, look, don't mind the people around you. It's between you and God. Thank you, Jesus. Those who lifted up their hands, tayo po kayo. You are making a great decision in your life today. And as you're standing up, I would like you to just pray with me this prayer. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. I repent from all of my sins. Please forgive me. Cleanse me with your precious blood. I give to you my life. I receive you in my heart as my Lord and personal Savior. Jesus, help me to live according to your will. I give to you my all in all beginning today. You are my God. You are my Lord. You are my personal Savior. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your empowerment Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come into my heart as well. Thank you for the newness of life. Thank you, God. I'll just be the one to pray. Lord, I just ask you, Father, that even as these people people are standing up, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to just bless them in a very special way. Let them come to the realization that life is not about money. It's not about anything that this world could offer. Life is all about Jesus. and That we can only find meaning in life when we have Jesus. I ask you, Lord God, to just lay your hands upon them and bless them, Lord God, wherever they are seated, wherever they are standing, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we give them a big, big hand right now? We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victorialabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.